only a model. Welcome to Welcome to Storybrooke and fuck Hook. Oh my god, I hate Hook so much right now and forever from now on. Yeah, worst character in the show. Well, Zelina might still be in the running for that, but no, seriously, fuck Hook. Done with him. Awful. Dead to me. So this is episode 10 of season 5, Broken Heart. Or uh, book 7. Book 7. Yeah, this is the penultimate episode of book 7. It's only a model. Yep. And we have the saddest death clock in this episode. Oh. Oh. The the saddest death clock comes to toll, and no matter how hard we hit that snooze alarm, it's time for death. The metaphor got away from me there. So, as a reminder... In the past, Hook got minorly stabbed by Excalibur, and then when Emma tried to remerge Excalibur with the Dark One dagger, he was like, oh no, I remember to die. So she made him into another Dark One. Because wounds from Excalibur are always deadly no matter how minor they may seem, and they cannot be magically healed. Hmm. That would have been a good thing to establish before the episode where that happened, but... Whatever. So... Hook was apparently a dark one this whole season, but he didn't remember it. And apparently, the fact that he didn't remember he was a dark one meant that it was impossible for the darkness to take hold in him. And also, because he didn't know he was a dark one, he didn't get those dark one head demons the way dark ones do. I'm just saying, in addition to Hook being terrible, this episode doesn't hold together writing-wise. No. So... Hook now knows he's the Dark One. He's working with Zelina for some reason. Yeah, being the Dark One apparently means you also have to be the worst, and that means you have to pair up with the other worst. And they have used Squid Ink to temporarily paralyze Emma. And now Zelina is putting the magic cuff on Emma, the cuff that restrains magic, which I feel like Dark Oneness should trump that cuff. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's something that they took from Peter Pan and jerry-rigged, and they made a big deal out of, you know, out of Squid Ink being the only thing that could even temporarily stall a Dark One. Yeah, if they had a cuff this whole time that could stop a Dark One, it's pretty negligent that they haven't used it until now. Heck, they could have used it during Zelina's original season. That was the big thing she had on her side, the dark one. So, that's dumb. We're, we're getting dumb right off the bat. This isn't like that one episode two episodes ago, where it was good for most of it and then it became terrible in the last third. This is just bad. Well, I mean, that makes sense because we're picking up where that episode left off. Yeah. It was nice of them to give us a breather episode, though. Yeah, that's true. So, Zelina's all, so Hook, what's evil feel like? And he's like, oh, it feels so fucking good. And he uses one of Emma's dream catchers to suck out some of her memories, but not all of her memories. Presumably just the memories of the last ten minutes that she was in Camelot. Because, as we will discover in this episode, in the last ten minutes that she was in Camelot, she tapped into the Dark Oneness and found out what the plan was. For the Dark Ones, and therefore also for Hook. Which, by the way, she found that plan out because she tapped into the knowledge of all Dark Ones that's already in her head. Shouldn't she be able to do that again now? 
I guess they're all not talking to her now that they know Hook's also a dark one. Actually, I think the implication is that the magical bracelet is keeping her from tapping into it. In which case, that bracelet is way more powerful than we've been led to believe. So, we go back in time to when Hook got the weird metal venom symbiote sucked into him. And we see all of his worst memories, which none of the super evil stuff he mentioned doing a couple episodes ago show up in this flashback. It's just... Stuff that's already been filmed. Yeah, it's Mila getting killed and Dark One Rumpelstiltskin being all mwahaha. Well, I mean, the point of that is that we need to know that what motivates Hook is revenge. (sighs) So now Hook is in the dumb Dark One trainee robe and... Dark One Rumpelstiltskin is here to guide him on his path to Baby's first omnipotent malevolence. That is what that is. Dark One Rumpel is trying to convince Hook that he needs to kill regular One Rumpel. Yeah, I guess he'll go, like, full dark when he gets his revenge or something. Okay. Whatever. So... God, I hate this episode. I'm sorry, it's going to be the refrain throughout the whole thing. Oh yes, oh yes it will. Oh no, is Hook gonna kill Rumpelstiltskin? No, Robert Carlyle is front credited. In the present, back at Emma's house, the rest of the Storybook crew finds her all cuffed up and she fills them in that, you know, Hook is the dark one and she kept them all from remembering that and oops, she's super sorry about it and they're all pissy because... You know, they've been walking around with the Dark One without knowing it for the last couple of weeks. Hook is now Faith to Emma's Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. Is Emma Kendra here? No, no, I think Emma Buffy Hook Faith is a good is a good analogy for the two of them. Mm. Anyway, they're also gonna they're also all yelling at her because she was trying to kill Zelina. And Emma's like Zelina is super evil. Would it not have been better for everyone if I killed Zelina? And Mary Margaret's just super excited that that gives her a chance to be holier than thou about everything. That was premeditated murder, Emma. What kind of awful person would do premeditated murder, Tina? Hey, Max, remind me, what kind of murder is it when you throw a baby into a pit? Uh, See, I was thinking, what kind of murder is it? When you poison somebody's heart and then trick their daughter into shoving it back in their chest. God, that is also a terrible thing that Mary Margaret did. God. What a hypocritical bitch. I keep on forgetting Jane Espenson worked on this show. Oh, yeah. Every time I see her, I'm like, oh, right. Speaking of Buffy. Right? So Emma thinks, well, even though Hook took her memory so she doesn't know what Hook's plan is... She'll give everyone their memories back, and then they will be able to piece together what it is that's going on. But unfortunately, Hook thought of that, and he stole all the Dreamcatchers. So no more memories for anyone. Speaking of Hook, Hook is in Rumpelstiltskin's shop, where he's threatening to kill Rumpelstiltskin. Okay, I know the show is over, Mm -hmm. but, you know, just in general... A note for all people who might play Dark Ones in the future. You don't have to do a voice. And if you're going to do a voice, you should do what Emma did and make your own voice instead of trying to imitate Robert Carlyle. And if you don't think your voice can be better than, let's say, half as good as Robert Carlyle, just don't do a voice. I mean, 
In all fairness, he drops this pretty soon. It's like Emma's Dark One voice, where it comes up whenever the actor remembers to do it. Well, what's really weird, I noticed this episode, is that last time we had Emma, she was doing like a weird gravelly Batman voice, and now she's doing like a a high, aristocratic, I am evil voice. Like, she she didn't settle on what kind of voice the Dark One should have. Well, she's done the, I think of it as fancy lady robot voice. She's done that a few times, but it hasn't been consistent, and she was doing a Batman voice last time. So this is just her going back to one of her previous Dark One voices. Yes, that is right. She did do it before. I don't know what's going on in her head. But yeah, Hook's all, uh, I'm gonna super kill you because of that time you killed our, our, our wife, I guess. Yeah. Well, what really annoys me is that Hook's like, I'm gonna kill you ten times. One for all the shit you did to me, and one for all the shit you did to Mila, and one for all the shit you did to Emma. And it's like, hey, you know who's being really shitty to Emma right now, Hook? Yeah. Yeah, and he's, like, aping Rumpel's mannerisms, and I guess he could just be trying to mock him, but it really just brings into relief that Colin Donahue, bless his heart, is no Robert Carlyle acting-wise. That is true. Anyway, he tells Rumple that, that that anyway, he tells Rumple to meet him on his ship and they are going to duel. And Hook will be dueling with Excalibur, which means that on the off chance that Rumple can disarm him, he will be able to grab Excalibur and actually kill Hook. So, this is funny, right? Because that's how the rule of 3s works. Because we had Hook challenging Rumple to a fight Rumple had no way of winning. And then Rumpel challenging Hook to a fight Hook had no chance of winning. And now we're on the third time where it's back to the first thing. Actually, I think here they are on even ground. Because, spoiler alert for the fight, Rumpel does not kill Hook at the end of the duel. But that's because he's, like, honorable now. But he absolutely was in a position where he could have killed him at the end. So the real question is, how much does Hook suck as the Dark One? All the suck. I mean... Hook has all of the suck. As a reminder, Hook has access to basically unlimited dark magic and is functionally immortal and unkillable. Rumpelstiltskin is an older gentleman with no powers whatsoever whose sword-fighting experience is limited to getting beat up by Merida for about a week. And the only reason that he doesn't win is because he... Has too much honor now. Oh my god. You know who should have been training him? Mulan. If we're going to suddenly go in this honor thing, which... It's been weirdly shooted in the last couple of episodes. It is, but where is Mulan even? She's off with Ruby. I know, I just meant because we never see her. Oh yeah, because we never see her again. Yeah. Meanwhile, Regina's breasts are looking at uh, the cutlass... Yeah, seriously, that shot, that shot of the sword starts super zoomed in on her decollage. Yeah, Rumpel immediately ran to the Storybrooke crew to be like, Hey, uh, Hook challenged me to a fight and I'm super gonna eat it. And... They're all trying to come up with ways to save him from this fight. And Emma's like, hey, I have an idea. Take the fucking cuff off of me! 
when we watched this, you pointed out that you didn't realize she still had the cuff on because of how deeply stupid it is that they didn't take it off. Why are they not taking the cuff off of her? They're all like, oh, we can't trust you because you made Hook the dark one and didn't tell us about it. Look, okay, yes, she should have gone to you, but you haven't exactly been bastions of helpfulness in the past. So I don't blame her. And you are all terrible people to leave her literally handcuffed like this. Only person I don't blame is Henry. Yeah, Emma turns to Henry, which normally would probably be a pretty good move, except she just mystically forced his wee tiny girlfriend to break his wee tiny heart. Henry is the only person who has a valid reason to be like, I'm a little raw right now and not 100% ready to trust you. Everyone else should be trusting Emma, especially because even though they are against killing Zelina, if anything, she has proved that her plan with Excalibur was to destroy the darkness. And if her plan involved murder and you're so like, oh, don't murder people, please accept that the reason that it involved murder is because she's infested with darkness. And yet still her plan was to destroy the darkness. She's better than all of you because you all did shitty things not under the influence of darkness. But yeah, Henry's like, um, no, I just watched you try to hurt my girlfriend, so I'm not gonna take the cuff off. Yeah, and Emma's like, really? Because you've always trusted me. And he's like, yeah. And then you ripped out my girlfriend's heart and made her dump me. And she's like, but you forgave Regina and Rumple. And he's like, well, they said they were sorry, at least. Also, like, Rumple didn't really do anything directly to me. And it took me a while to forgive Regina. Like, I found out about this, what, two days ago? Give me some time. Yeah, and, you know, we're right there. Give Henry some time. In fact, Regina even says, give him some time. It's going to take a little bit. Belle, being the watcher of this show, is like, hey, let's go to the library and see if Hop on Pop will tell us how to kill a dark one. I mean, stop a dark one. And then they explicitly tell Emma that she can't come. And even though we don't see it right at this moment, they set Merida up to guard her. They have placed Emma under house arrest with a bow-happy guard standing there with an arrow trained on her, which, by the way, you can't pull back the pole on a bow and then just hold it there indefinitely like you can on the show the way that Merida does. Yes, even Green Arrow comics, which are not a bastion of reliable information on bowmanship, realize that you can't keep a bow cocked consistently for an elongated period of time. Uh, Ollie yeah. tries to get a guy to do surgery at bow point. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Anyway, back in the past, in the flashback, the storybook crew are off looking for Emma since she and Hook disappeared as soon as she made Hook the Dark One. They go to the Dark One well thing, and there's a triquatra on it, which Charmed has ruined for me forever. <laughs> Although I did once make 20 bucks off a New Age guy when I worked at the theater. Really? Because one of the customers was like, hey, I'll tip you 20 bucks if you can tell me what this symbol is. And I was like, it's a triquatra. Bam. Okay, I'm glad you made 20 bucks. That guy sounds like an asshole. Yeah, well, I made 20 bucks, so. All right, fair enough. Also, Charmed was a really big show. He should know better than that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, so, uh. Was he weirdly flirting with you? I don't think so. It's been a while. I couldn't tell you. 
So Merlin sends Lancelot, who we haven't seen in a while. I, I have to say, even though there, you have no reason to believe me, I did not forget about Lancelot. I just thought the show had. Yeah. I, I was vaguely wondering where he was. I just thought the show didn't care. Yeah, I mean, I, they could have, like, he could have just left. I mean, he did just leave, right? Merlin's like, hey, your mom's the Lady of the Lake. Go hang out with her out of range of the curse and then see you never. So Merlin sends uh, Lancelot off to get help from his mom, the Lady of the Lake, who is apparently a magic user of some renown. Also... The Lady of the Lake. The Lady of the Lake, you know. Nimue? Yeah, her, her. Okay, this is... Okay, here's what's weird about this. This doesn't have to be a continuity error. And I mean, it's not a continuity error, obviously, in this continuity... The Lady of the Lake and Nimue are different characters. But it doesn't have to be that way. Other than the fact that they didn't establish it. By which I mean, it's totally possible that Lancelot has a backstory where Nimue, as the Dark One, fostered him. Hmm. It's just that they probably would have said something about that right now. And also they wouldn't have sent him off to be with her right now. But that could have been a backstory of Lancelot. It would have been so cool. This season did not spend enough time in Camelot. Yeah, that I feel like that's sort of the thing with this season. It didn't spend enough time in any one plotline. And a lot of this stuff, as we've mentioned multiple times, could have been fixed by merging these plots somewhat. Arthurian legend is dense. And not only is it dense, but it's been retold and remixed so many times you have so much opportunity to, like, mix cool stuff in. You know what I think? And this is really ugly, but I think the show didn't want to mix in stuff that wasn't owned by Disney. So only things that actually occurred in Sword in the Stone, and even then, not that much. God Where the mix- fuck is Mad Madam Mim? Right? Are we becoming Mad Madam Mim fans now? Is that what's happening? It's possible. Anyway, the show... Hey, Merlin wore of the world's tur. He, he made her sick with a cold? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's in their shape-shifting fight. He turned himself into a cold and got her sick. God, the shape-shifting fight was awesome, If I, from my vague recollection of it from watching that as a child. Yeah, we should watch it again. I, I think it's cute. Lots of people don't like it. I think it holds up fairly well. It's just, it's not a top-tier Disney movie. Of course, of but, course not. It's cute enough. But you know what? Brave is, and Brave shouldn't have been mixed in this season. Really? You think Brave's a top-tier Disney movie? Oh, yeah, 100%. You don't think so? I think it's a B, uh, I think it's a B-level Pixar movie. Exactly. Okay. It came too close through the merge. I just think of it as a lower-level Pixar. Not like Cars lower level, but... Ugh, Cars. Lancelot goes off to see his mom for help, and... Bye, Lancelot! I don't honestly remember if we see you again. Eh, the summary of a character. You know what? Good for Lancelot. He's not going to get mixed up in this next curse, and he can, you know, we can assume that he's leading a good life off with his mom somewhere else. Not dealing with all this storybook drama. Good for him. He's not dead anymore. Also, Mary, Margaret, and David have an argument because they both suck. Yeah, they're... Yes, Merlin tells them that of all of the timelines he foresaw for Emma, this one is the darkest. And as you might suspect, 
two people who were willing to throw a baby into a death pit to keep their daughter from going dark are not happy to hear that. Hmm. So that was kind of pointless, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, don't you feel good about that now? Don't you feel good about literally ruining Lily's life the way you did? God, I hate them. Hook is not super thrilled with the crappy beginner dark one outfit, so he vamps himself into his generic clothes. Really, he doesn't get a costume upgrade? Well, I mean, the Rumpelstiltskin in his head said, oh, nice, I went leather as well. Kind of pointing out that what Hook wears normally is already kind of the dark one version of his outfit. Like, if you were going to dark one that up, how would you possibly do it? I don't know, but it feels lazy that he doesn't have a special dark one outfit. It is super lazy. You know what would be cool is if he put himself in, like, a really sexy business suit. He's seen that now because he's been in Storybrooke long enough. And New York. Yes! And also, it would be cool the way that, because for him it's exotic the way that the sexy medieval outfits are to us. See, I think they just could have done something that wasn't generic evil dude outfit. Because he's been wearing the generic evil dude outfit for like four seasons now. I mean, I agree with you. Men don't have that many options, though. See, I don't think that's true. I just think that it's... I feel like people are just lazier when designing outfits for guys. Well, that's definitely true. Alright, so let's start to talk about how terrible Hook is. I mean, other than the screaming we did at the top of this episode. So Emma appears to newly Dark One Hook and she's like, okay, look, I know you're getting a lot of evil rushes now, but you need to stop that. He's like, I've spent my whole life fighting the Dark One and hating the Dark One, and that was the crux of my personality forever. How dare you do this to me? Wah, wah, wah. And he's like, I'm super evil now. The evil is completely out of control. By the way, I just want to point out, when Emma went Dark One, she was still herself. She was not, like, filled with the darkness. She had dark impulses, but I guess what I'm saying is, I'm not buying the I am the Dark One as an excuse for Hook's behavior. The thing is, he's setting it up like, how dare you turn me into the thing I hate the most. In the first place I went there was, Okay, why wasn't the episode where you became the Dark One, why didn't we talk more about that instead of about how you're more naturally inclined to evil than she is? Because that would have been a better sticking point. Now it just seems like you're jumping around trying to find a focal point for why you should be mad at Emma for saving your life. Yes, that would have been a better episode. If this episode had been Hook being tormented by the fact that he, by the fact that he blames the Dark One for all of the stuff that Rumpel did, and he had Rumpelstiltskin in his head, and he was with Emma trying to fight off the darkness, and in the end of the episode he's given sufficient motivation to give into it, then I would not be as mad at the fact that he just, from moment one, is, oh, I'm evil now, I guess that's what's happening. Well, not quite. See, Emma can see Rumpelstiltskin whispering in his head, and she's like, hey, you, shut up. Hook, will it make you not be evil if I kind of make out with you a little? And he's like, oh, yeah, that should work for a while. Hook also asks, uh, before Rumple disappears, he tells Hook to ask where Excalibur is. And I was like, uh. It disappeared. That's what the dagger does. But seriously, make out with me and uh, that'll quell your evil impulses. And he's like, okay. And they do, and 
Dark One Rumple disappears, leaving them to be happily evil together. You know, this whole season I've been complaining about not knowing people's motivations because it made it feel like the story didn't work because I didn't know why people were behaving the way they were. Now that everyone's motivation is clear, um, it's still dumb. Everyone's motivation is bad. Well, Emma's motivation isn't bad, but her reasons for keeping it secret were. Yeah. Although, to be fair, we see that the reason she kept it secret is because she allowed the Dark One rumple in her head to convince her that it was the only way. Mm. Also, because basically everyone turned on her when she was doing the right thing anyway, so... Yeah, I mean, she was right. So... All the storybook crew except Rumple are heading off to the library to do Dark One research. But he's going to prepare for his fight with Hook because now he's a hero and heroes don't lose. Wait, no, 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 no. He's going to prepare for his fight because he's a hero, so that's what he does. And Bella's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Now that you're a protagonist, you don't have to sacrifice your life. She says, she literally says, now that you've proven you're a hero, you have nothing else to prove. You don't need to fight him. What happened to, hey, Rumple, go fight that bear? Yeah, no, no, this, this, oh, motivations are all kind of terrible in this show. That's, that's what I have to say about that. Now that you're a hero, you can do whatever you want, and that'll be heroic, because that's how being a hero works. It really is. At least they recognize it. Mm-hmm. Rumple does the, like, meet me on the Brooklyn Bridge thing and tells her that if he survives the fight, he's going to go to the well where they got married, and if she wants to be with him forever, she should join him. And if not, yes. If not, then he understands, and they will part forever, and he will look back in fondness on what they once had or something. Whatever. He knows that they're going to be... He knows that they're endgame. They're not going to dredge up a new love interest here. Poor Will Scarlet. What happened to Will Scarlet? He just disappeared from the show. Zelina is breaking into the hospital, and for some reason, Nurse Ratchet and Joe are no longer in the secret insane asylum, but instead at the front desk. Did they get promoted? They're just wherever Regina wants them to be. Actually, I think that is what happened. I think Regina told her to guard the maternity ward. Hmm. In fact, she says to Zelina, the mayor has ordered me to keep you out. Yep, and Zelina's like, whatever, and mystically knocks Nurse Ratchet out. What did Regina think was going to happen there? I mean, I think exactly that, because Regina is waiting around the corner to be like, ha ha, you thought that you could get through just by knocking out one mortal woman, but we've already taken the baby. And Zelina's like, my baby, what did you do to my baby? And Regina's like, turnabout's fair play, motherfucker. Yeah, Regina is us here. She's like, no, you don't get the baby. You killed Marion. You raped Robin Hood. We don't give people custody of their child after that. And Zelina's like, you always get everything and I never get anything. And and you're just, you're just mad that I finally had something you didn't have. And Regina's like, that's not the situation. You're a murderer. You keep murdering people. Why would we let you have this baby? Although, to be fair, that is at least in character for Zelina, that she completely does not grasp that, no, Regina did not have everything. And no, she's not withholding the baby as some... It's She's not doing this for petty reasons. She's doing this because you are a very 
very unstable person who keeps on murdering people. I mean, this is literally best interest of the child, which is the standard that we judge custody under in this country. So, yeah, no, Zelina, no. no. I think it's interesting that she doesn't say that Zelina raped Robin. She said... I was going to bring that up. She says, you deceived Robin in the most vile way possible, you know, when you raped him. But Yeah, it's like the show is going out of its way not to use that word. Yeah. So, Regina's like, look, this has to stop. We just need to... This just... This needs to stop. And Selena's like, it does need to stop, but it'll never stop. And, and Regina's like, oh my fucking god. But somehow she comes out of that scene thinking that her new mission is to redeem Zelina. Which is like... Regina, there is no water in that well. Stop digging. So Meredith's looking after Emma, you know, keeping an eye on her for the storybook crew. Yeah, let's trust that lady who knocked out Belle and kidnapped her to do her bidding and... Wait, no. It's worse than that because the rest of them had those memories taken. So they literally have no idea who this woman is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hey, random person Emma was controlling. Why don't you look after Emma while she has no powers? And Meredith's being super pissy to Emma. She's like, how dare you do the things you did to me? And I'm like, okay, it's not great, but she basically made you spend like three days with Rumpelstiltskin. Boo freaking who? I mean, she was controlling her with her heart. That's pretty uncool. I feel like we've been pretty... I feel like we've been pretty consistent that that is an uncool thing to do. Mm. See, I was going to say, what kind of monster would take someone against their will and then force them to do their bidding? What kind of monster would kidnap someone and then force them to do their bidding? Who? Who could do something that depraved? Yes, yes. We all know Merida did that in The Bear and the Bow. They're all hypocrites. They're all liars and thieves like his father. Yeah. Yeah. Like, his son will be too. Why bother? Speaking of, they're all liars and thieves like their father. Hook bamps into the room, and Merida attempts to shoot him with arrows, and he's like, what's the running line of a podcast that won't exist for several years? Pointy wooden sticks are no match for magic. I do want to point out that when he bamps in, Merida spins around and looses the arrow, meaning that she was on such a hair trigger that if someone startled her, she was going to kill them on accident. It's only pure luck that it's the dark one that startled her. What if it had been Henry running in the room and startling her? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter because Hook knocks Merida's ass out and he's like, Hey, Swan. This is the episode where everyone remembers that they have that power where they can just wave their hands and make someone fall asleep. Mm. Yeah. Finally, everyone remembered that they have superpowers. Anyway. God, this scene is terrible. This scene is so bad because Emma tells Hook that he's there because he still has feelings for her. And he's like, yeah, I feel hatred and anger and meanness. I have nasty, bad feelings towards you because I'm such a nasty, bad man and I'm pontificating and I'm trying to ape Robert Carlyle's body language even though it's something I'm clearly not very good at. I mean, this scene was just like five minutes of Hook tearing into Emma for no reason. And 
again, I remind you, Emma, under the influence of the Dark One, never behaved this way. Rumple, under the influence of the Dark One, did dark things, but never stopped expressing love for Balefire. Yeah, I mean, he was not a great dad, but he wasn't a... He wasn't bad to Balefire intentionally. No, he was bad the way... If you want to argue this is bad, it was bad for Emma to try to execute her goals by executing Zelina, right? Like, the things he wanted didn't change, just the manner in which he went about them. He was still protective of Bay. he was just protective of Bay in a way that involved killing a lot of people. Yeah, so Hook's behavior is completely unacceptable here, and I am not okay with Hook and Emma being endgame for for any moment more. I mean, not that I was not that I was a Captain Swan shipper before. Everyone knows I am a diehard Swan Queen, but still. Yeah, I never like I never really had issues with Hook. I've he was okay. He was a good addition to the show for a while. I mean, his eyes used to make me feel ways. But now it's just No more. So Hook establishes that he's super evil and he's got a plan to do something super evil and Emma won't see it coming because he took the knowledge of it from her mind with the Dreamcatcher. Okay, so this is weird because the point of the scene was for Hook to knock out Merida so that so that Emma can get away and meet up with Henry in the next scene. But what was the point of this scene from Hook's point of view? Also, they could have... I, I know, I guess it was to fill time, because they could have just not left Merida guarding Emma. They could have just been like, Emma, you're not invited to this mission, and left. I mean, I guess I also see that the writers wanted to give Hook something to do so that he could come in and be a terrible boyfriend for five minutes. I, I see that that was a writing beat they wanted to hit, and this was a way to do it. But again... There's no in-universe reason for Hook to have shown up, and he doesn't get anything out of the scene. I mean, this is screenwriting 101, Max. This is, like, basic fucking screenwriting. In every scene, someone should want something and be working towards getting it. So, back in the flashback, Emma and Hook are still making out to stop Hook from being evil. And Emma's like, okay, this is fun, but we should really go, you know, do that thing where we reassemble Excalibur and then cut away the evil... Emma says she's going to scout the path, and Hook says he's going to get water. Again, this is stupid because Dark Ones don't need water. This is just a way for the writers to split them up so the next scene can happen, but there's no actual in-universe reason for them to split up here. Yes, so they've split up so that Dark One Rumple can appear in Hook's head and tell him that Emma does have the sword, and she's lying to him, and he better be a giant dick about this because... Why not? And Emma comes back and is like, wait, Rumple? What are you two talking about? And Hook asks her if she has Excalibur. And she's like, yeah, kinda. And he says, can't you trust me? And she says, I do. I trust you when you said I can't resist the temptation of the darkness. Yeah, you gave a long, stupid speech right before you got turned into the dark one about how you can't control the darkness. So, I'm taking steps to mitigate the damage you can do. He's like, I can't believe you didn't trust me. 
How dare you take me at my literal word? And it's just... Also, this is all so pointless because we know that what Emma's about to do will fail, but honestly, their plan involves neither of them being the Dark One 15 minutes from now. So it's not like she's going to be... So even if she does have control of him, it's going to be done in, you know, within the hour. And Hook's like, how dare you do this to me? When Mary Margaret wanted to use the dagger to control you, I told her not to. Blah, blah, blah. You don't believe anymore. I hate you. I hate you so much. We're never, ever getting back together. And then he bamps away and uh, his teleportation cloud is maroon. Uh-huh. So I guess that's the color of Hook's magic. Maroon. Good to know. Noted. Does anyone have red magic? Well, you know, that's funny because I actually thought it was red. I mean, it maroon is red, or at least red adjacent. So. Right. I mean, I was thinking of it as red as we were watching it, but, huh, does someone have red magic? I mean, I know they don't have problems repeating colors because both Zelina and Peter Pan had uh, green magic. Well, I mean, they both need to. Green is, they both need a green magic. Green is iconically associated with both. It is a little disappointing, though. I, I did like I do like how the show does try to make an effort for everyone having their own different color of magic. Later, we will see a character with yellow magic. Yes. So in the present, Emma goes to Mr. Gold's shop so that he can take off her bracelet or do whatever. Well, I mean, the reason she goes is to give him the squid ink. She gives him what's left of the squid ink so that he can use that on hook when they have their duel. And Rumple refuses to use that because I guess now that he's a hero, he doesn't use magic. And he Ugh. he puts it in his safe, which he says is where it belongs. And I just want to point out that when he moves the painting that covers the safe, the keys are in the safe. Maybe people wouldn't steal your squid ink, Rumple, if you didn't keep the keys to the safe inside the safe. It's like when people have their passwords taped to their computer screens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Emma's like, are you stupid? You're going to get your ass killed. And Rumpel's like, no, you know, you know, I'm a front credited character, right? I'm a front credited character and basically the best actor on the show. I'm not going anywhere. I mean, I've already come back from the dead once. Hey, put a pin in that. Mm. Oh, yeah, I, I sort of overlooked it but he does very conspicuously mention the fact that he's come back from the dead oh my god are we is this how buffy season six set up the big bad for buffy season seven is this willow resurrecting buffy being the uh opening the hole in the world that let the first evil back in i mean this is a lot less cool than that regina has made what i think is one of the dumber decisions on this show Okay, I kind of wanted to talk about that. Mm -hmm. We hate this. And uh, this is a Zelina plot point, by the way. Um, This is... Yes, uh, Regina is bringing Zelina into the charm apartment. Yes, this is basically... This is going to be the scene where Regina tells Zelina that she can essentially have supervised visitation with the baby. And... We do hate this, but I was thinking about it while we were watching it, because one of the reasons we hate this is because Zelina should not be on this show anymore. They think it's cool to have a character who has no interest in being redeemed, 
but she's done things that are too evil in a real world sense, right? Like not magically evil, but actually evil. Mm-hmm. So she's done things that are too evil for us to be rooting for her. And since she doesn't want to be redeemed, it, she can't have a redemption arc. You can't take someone kicking and screaming into a redemption arc. It doesn't work like that. Right. But aside from the story reason that she should be gone, if I'm just watching this as like a human drama and I'm thinking, how do you deal with that scenario? I understand that Regina feels like there's not a lot else she can do in this situation. Hmm. I mean... I mean, she does think there's a chance that Zelina will stop being super evil. And she does think that if there's even a chance of that, it's in the best interest of the baby for it to have a relationship with its mother. So I understand why she does what she does. It's just that, as I point out, every time someone tells me that a female character is dressing like that because she wants to, I have to say, no, 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 it's written like that. We don't have to accept that. The writers made a choice. So Regina invites Selena into the apartment and there Robin Hood is with the baby. And Selena's like, oh, I knew you couldn't wait to see me again. Once you go green, you'll never go queen again. And Regina's like, really? Really? But... That's so gross. It's really... You... Yeah. But Regina's like, okay, shut up and listen here. I was really evil, like way more evil than you. Which point she was. She burned people alive for fun. Yes. Which is, by the way, what I mean, like the difference between real person evil and magical evil. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's be clear here. Regina was a villain from a Saturday morning cartoon. And if that person existed in the real world... No, you would not root for them. But because what she did is so cartoonish, we can root for her in a way that Zelina's crimes, anchored as they are in actual real-world crimes that happen all the time, every day, it's not as easy. It's not fun. You can root for Skeletor. You can't root for Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes, exactly. You know, you said that, and I realize there are people who root for Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. 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 Especially after... Should we see Hannibal? We should. I've heard lots of good things about it. And I like the guy who does it. Yeah. Anyway. So... So Regina's like, you can have supervised visits with the baby occasionally because I was way more evil than you. Like, ludicrously, cartoonishly evil. And yet, I had a kid and it made me chill the fuck out. So we're going to let you hang out with this baby and hopefully it'll make you chill the fuck out and we won't have to deal with your dramatic ass stabbing us in the back every 10 seconds. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You all know how this goes. Uh, it works-ish. Uh, she does it less. She goes from being an active malevolent presence to a passive malevolent presence. She goes from Spike in season two of Buffy to Spike in season four of Buffy. Oh, fair. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, the baby's basically like the chip in her head. Yeah. She doesn't, she can't do anything too evil because she's got a baby. You know what? That's what happens when women have babies. Their career goes on hold. 
I'm just any modern woman trying to have it all. Family. Children. I just wish I had more time to seek out the dark forces and join their hellish crusades. Murphy Brown lied to us. <laughs> well, there's so, a lot of depressing narratives about that, aren't there? Mm. So, Dark One Emma goes to Henry and she's like, I know you're pissed at me because of the whole girlfriend heart-ripping thing, but what do you say we go on a mission? I'll even keep this, you know, handy-dandy magic-concealing doodad on. I won't ask you about it or anything. We're just going to go on an old-timey mission, you know, like we used to. And Henry's like, yeah, okay. Henry actually is ready to trust Emma as long as she makes even the slightest bit of effort. And I appreciate that. Henry for best kid. Henry for character development. Go, Henry. Yes, we are Henry fans over here at Welcome to Storybrooke. Yeah. Who saw that plot twist coming? Yeah, especially in the you know early seasons where we were joking about cars running him over all the time. We did not like Henry. No, but you know what? Good kid. Yes. Good kid. All right. So. Back in the past. Back in the past, Hook's all pissy because Emma has the sword that controls him. And he's like, everyone's always abandoning me. You lied to me. You're tearing me apart, Emma. Basically. He goes full Johnny from the room. He's like, I hate being controlled. It's not fun. And Emma's like, shut up. (laughs) Shut up. We have to do this for 15 more minutes. If you cannot be a dick for 15 minutes, this problem will be solved. Emma is trying... Emma is trying to justify what she did. And honestly... I don't feel like she should have to. Honestly, honestly, I'm not cool with people being controlled with the daggers and stuff, but she doesn't have to control him. She just flat out doesn't need him. She should go back to the diner with the sword and be like, sorry, I made Hook the Dark One. Let's get rid of the darkness like we were about to do, and then everything will go back to normal. But instead of doing that... She gives him Excalibur to prove that she trusts him, even though he told her that he could not be trusted. And when people tell you who they are, you should believe them the first time. And then he starts making out with her because this whole episode is brave. This whole episode is basically a very, very condensed version of the Bell Rumple relationship. Yeah, that's true. Except, well, I just. I wanted more for Emma. I really did. So in the present, Rumple is meeting Hook on his ship. And they're going to have their dually duel. And Rumple's like, you know, I'm still going to kick your ass. You may have all the dark magic in the world and be functionally unkillable and immortal and have super strength and super speed. But I'm a much, much better actor than you are. It's true. And and Hook even makes it so he no longer has a limp. He can now do all the fancy sword fighting footwork he needs to do, which was pretty convenient. I mean, the show just needed us to do that because Robert Carlyle can't both do a limp and fight with a sword, I assume. Mm. He also brings up the first time they fought on the ship when they were fighting over Mila, the first time they were fighting over Mila. And they really grossly talk about how Hook took Mila from Rumple, which is not how that went down at all. Mila chose to leave Rumple for Hook, but she didn't want to have an awkward conversation, so she 
had Hook frame it like he was stealing her. Yeah, when Hook told Rumple that he could fight, yeah, when Hook told Rumple that they could have a sword fight to see whether or not he would give Mila back, that wasn't real. That was because he knew that Rumple wouldn't win that fight. If Rumple had, by some miracle or trickery, won that fight, Mila just would have come out and been like, "Oh, this is awkward." Bye. Yeah, it's being framed to rob Mila of what little agency she got in her story before getting killed. I think in order to make Hook seem like a bad guy, as though we hadn't seen that episode already. Like, I guess if you hadn't seen that episode, you would get the impression from watching this episode that Hook kidnapped her, which is bad. But that's not what happened. We were all there. This is the age of Netflix, Once Upon a Time. It's not like we didn't catch up on previous seasons if we missed them. And also, if Hook kidnapped her, then their relationship probably would have been different, and I don't think he would have been, you know, going through the whole centuries of revenge if Rumpel killed some lady he had happened to kidnap. Right? In fact, they don't even really bring up well, I guess they did show it in the flash. Never mind, I'm going to cut that. Yeah, so what are you even doing here? So Emma and Hook, in the past, Emma and Hook uh, arrive at the diner, and they notice that Emma's been roughed up a little bit, and they're like, so are we going to talk about that? And Emma's like, no, no, don't worry about it. Not just roughed up, but switched from the white dark one cloak to the leather dress. This is the first time they're seeing Emma in the leather dress. Oh, right. Yeah, so they're like, um, so basically, so basically their daughter bamfed her almost dead boyfriend into the woods and came back in fetish gear. Hmm. With a very much alive boyfriend. Hmm. You know what? It almost would have been better if we hadn't seen what went down. If we had just seen it from their point of view. No, I'm not, I'm kidding. Don't do that once upon a time. Stop hiding the ball. That's been the problem all season. So Merlin is recording his not super helpful voicemail that we saw earlier in the season. And then he looks up and says, oh, the dark one has found me, meaning Hook. When we saw it initially, we were led to believe that it was Emma, but nope, it was Hook. That was really unhelpful. He could have just said, oh no, Hook is here. And he's the dark one now. He didn't even have to say he's the dark one now. Even if he had just said Hook is here, there would have been all sorts of questions from other characters that would have led closer to correct answers. And we don't even get a fight. It seems like it's kind of implied that Merlin's lost his magic. I think when Emma... I think when Emma did her magic with the swords, because remember, the sword that used to be the grail is the source of all Merlin's power. Right, so I think when Emma put them together and made Excalibur whole again, Merlin lost a huge part of his power. That's what I'm going with, at least. Either that or they did not have the budget to do a giant fight scene between Hook and Merlin, because Hook just casually strolls up to Merlin halfway through his voicemail and rips out his heart. Yep. And he's like, see... I've been talking to the other Dark Ones, and I need to be back in Storybrooke for my wicked, evil plan to go through. And to do that, I'm gonna need to cast a Dark Curse. And Merlin's like, we just met, and 
you seem like a nice enough dude, but I don't really think there's enough love going back and forth here for you to use my heart to cast the Dark Curse. Merlin's like, surely I'm not the thing you love most. Am I? But no. See, it turns out that Hook has Nimue all stuck up his butt, and she still loves Merlin. That's kind of sweet. So... Also, I, I have to break in here for a second and say that if I wasn't so angry at Hook, and if I wasn't so sad about the impending ringing of the death clock alarm on Merlin... I would think that that was a cool workaround for the curse. Yeah, it's clever. And earned. And earned. It's clever and earned. And she she talked earlier, too, about... How she still loves Merlin. Yeah, it's congratulations. You set something up, and now it's going to go off. Unfortunately, it's getting rid of the hottest actor you've had on this show, you asshole. Yeah, unfortunately means we lose Merlin and we keep Hook. Boo. So in the present, Hook and Rumple are fighting on the deck of his ship, and Hook slices Rumple with his hook, by the way, not with Excalibur, so we don't have to deal with the question of whether or not Excalibur still cuts you so deeply that you bleed forever until you die. Oh, yeah, I guess it doesn't do that anymore. Well, no, no, because he cut him with his hook. Oh. See, uh... I, was, I was worried that that might be a thing, but no, it's just, anyway. So Rumple goes all Stabbington Bear on, uh, on Hook. But Hook's like, you can't kill a vengeance demon with a simple sword through the chest. Uh, There's a lot of Buffy references this episode. From us, not in the show. Yes. And Hook kicks uh, kicks Rumple back. He starts swinging the sword around and he's like, you know, as Cheryl Crow once said, the first cut is the deepest. But that's not going to be true because I'm going to spend a lot of time cutting you into eensy wee pieces. Yeah, so while this is going on, we see what Henry and Emma are up to. Henry has taken a locate Henry has taken a locator spell from out of Rumple's shop and used it on a piece of the wood that Emma used to make the Dreamcatchers, and now he's using that like a divining rod to find the rest of the Dreamcatchers. It's really cool. I wish we got to see Henry do more of what I'm choosing to continue to refer to as hedge magic. It is very clever. Also, it seems like the kind of clever thing that you would figure out in a tabletop role-playing game. Like, Henry is... Oh yeah, I would definitely play a game of D&D with Henry. Yeah. Henry's, Henry's, the kind of, Henry's the kind of player that good dungeon masters love, because it's not that he's trying to break the rules, it's that he understands how the rules work so well that he can do things that are cool, but not game-breaking. Hmm. In fact, when he's given something like the pen that might break the game, he is a good sport and does not use it. Henry is the perfect role-playing player. He's exactly who you want in your game. So, unfortunately, the uh, unfortunately all of the Dreamcatchers are blocked by a protection spell. And Emma's like, I'm not sure what to do at this point. And Henry says, well, I brought along this potion that can release the cuff because i want to believe yeah he's like look you didn't need to include me on this little adventure and honestly now that i've had a little time and gained some perspective i understand what you're trying to do so he uses the potion to undo the cuff did it need a potion before couldn't they just take it off before well 
Zelina mentioned that they had altered the cuff. I thought they altered Zelina so she couldn't cut her hand off. I guess altering the cuff makes more sense. But it's still weird, whatever. Henry takes the cuff off so that Emma can take all the dream catchers. Yeah. So then we go back to the past where... So then we go back to the past. Emma walks in on Hook with Merlin's heart and Nimue, where he's... And she's like, God damn it, you were playing me the whole time. And Hook's like, yep. She's like, you should not be smart enough to trick me like that. And he's like, I'm not. All Nimue. Yeah, right? And he... By the way, Merlin's heart... Is this just me? Am I just bringing something to this? Or is it actually, like, brighter and cooler looking than hearts usually are? Yeah, I was about to say, it's got more of a white glow to it. Yeah, it kind of looks like its glow is stronger than hearts' glows usually are. It doesn't have Henry's golden glow, though. No, no, it's just... It's just brighter than we normally see hearts being. Yeah, I like it. I I like the idea that Merlin's heart is in some way different and better than other hearts. Because Merlin is different and better than other people. Yes. So, Emma turns to Nimue and she's like, so you're just helping him out with his revenge? And she's like, no, I've got my own thing going on, but it will allow Killian to get his revenge on the way. So, eh. And when she says this, Emma, because Emma is also a dark one, all of a sudden knows what the plan is. She also decides that she's going to try the thing she tried before and kiss Hook into ignoring the other Dark Ones. And he's like, you idiot, I was playing you. You're a dog. You are a dog and I spit on you. And I'm like, ugh. Right? Fuck you, Hook. Hook. Yeah. Anyway, and then, as if I couldn't hate Hook anymore, he crushes Merlin's heart. Fucking Hook. All right. Worst character. Worst character in the show. So then he brings the heart over to the cauldron and drops it in to start the dark curse. And I was annoyed the first time through that we watched this. Like, there's a lot more to the curse than just the heart. Thank you. But I just now was thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And since Merlin was creating a voicemail designed to be reached by the Storybrooke crew in Storybrooke, I think it already had all of the necessary ingredients to make a connection to the world without magic. That seems pretty convenient. I mean... Actually, considering... Yes. Back in the first season, Regina had to do a whole bunch of shit to get other ingredients to cast the Dark Curse. You know what? This episode doesn't deserve me trying to come up with excuses. It's just something I thought about while I was watching it this time through. I mean, it's a pretty solid explanation for what's going on. I mean, if the rest of the show was... If the rest of this episode deserved it, I'd flesh it out a little bit more, and I would make you believe it, but fuck this episode. Speaking of. So, Dark One Hook has Rumple at his mercy on the ship in present times. And Rumple pulls on a rope, which causes a piece of the rigging to come down and hit Hook on the head, which is exactly how Henry knocked out Blackbeard. Oh, it is. Huh. Yeah, it's like Like grandson, like grandfather. Exactly. Of course, Hook did have time to say a lot of shit about Mila first, which seems super unnecessary. Well, Mila's actually going to come back in two episodes. I had forgotten that. Myth. But the reason they're spending so much time reminding us that Mila exists is because they're going to bring her back. Hook says, if you had fought with such vigor 
Back during our first duel, I might have returned your wife to you. Soiled, but returned. Fuck. Fuck. Fuck all of that. No. I... I don't care that your explanation is, oh, he's evil. No, that's gross and misogynistic, and I'm not okay with it. All of it. Moving on. Moving on. Rumpel does his cool little trick with the scaffolding, grabs Excalibur, and he's like, seriously? You're this shitty at being the Dark One? I have no superpowers. You're functionally... You've got super strength and super speed. How are you this bad? bad at this so do you remember a few episodes ago when we saw how many dark ones there are Mm -hmm. and you were like how are there so many dark ones in a thousand years when we saw rumpel being the dark one for like centuries this is how dark ones i think at their base state are really bad at it and usually die within a couple of days i could see that so he's like you know what i'm not gonna kill you because i have honor or whatever now and hook just bamps away But I do want to point out, he could have. He could have killed Hook here. Hook is 100% relying on Rumpel having honor. Which does not seem like a safe bet, but here we are. Well, I think Hook just thought he was going to win. I think Hook set up all these these things because he's like, oh, whatever, I'm going to kick his ass. And then he's like, oh, I'm not as good at this as I thought I'd be. It's true. So Rumpel having kicked Hook's ass... Goes to meet Belle by the well, and he's like, I know I've been a shitty boyfriend slash husband for basically our entire relationship, but I'm hoping I can stop doing that. And And Belle's like, oh, you're finally the man I always knew you could be. But also, she tells him that she's kind of done with this playing this game, which I like, except we know that's not what's going to happen. Yeah, she's like, look, I need a little, like, yeah, you're finally the man I always thought I wanted. But now I need a little time to think about what I really want. I mean, to stick with the theme of this episode, our episode, I mean, she tells him that she is unbaked cookies. The way that Buffy told Angel that she was unbaked cookies at the end of season three. She needs some time to figure out who she is before she's with a man. This is a little bit of a tangent. What? I know, right? But... I honestly like Buffy the best when she's not in a relationship. I know a lot of people are diehard Buffy and Spike shippers or Buffy and Angel shippers and very rarely Buffy and Riley shippers. But I don't know. All of her relationships seem bad to me. Well, they are. I mean, I mean, every reason that Buffy and Angel should not be together is every reason Bella and Edward should not be together. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, they were a creepy, dysfunctional couple. I mean, there wasn't so much of the power imbalance we saw with Edward and Bella. Well, given that Buffy is literally... Given that Buffy is literally a human who is designed to kill people like Angel, it's not the same kind of power imbalance as a vampire and human usually have. In fact, it's one of the things I think is interesting about her and Spike is that there is an unhealthy power imbalance in their relationship, and it's in Buffy's favor. You know who I ship Buffy with, though? Who? Wesley Wyndham Price. Oh, right, you told me that. You but know. Not, not Wesley from Buffy. Wesley from Angel. You know who I ship her with? No one. Robin Wood. That would be awesome. Except that... 
they went out they went out on one date and it got kind of sidetracked and then they sort of left that in the wind and it was implied that he was going to get together with faith but, uh. see i think robin might be too messed up to be in a relationship i don't think he has i don't think he's got the emotional stability for a relationship oh i was going to go in the opposite direction where he's got his life too together well for buffy <laughs> weirdly both are true we should wrap up this episode we've just been avoiding talking about the fact that this is merlin lying on the floor dead in the flashback yeah uh emma tells him that she's sorry and she dissolves his body she bams his body away so that when everything gets teleported to storybrook we don't have to wonder where merlin's body was that's interesting. I didn't think it was a teleport. I, I thought she just dissolved it, but... You're I, you're right. I said bamf, which is a teleportation noise. No, you're right. She dissolves it. She she sends it she sends it off into the ether. So Hook's like, oh, cool. Looks like you're ready to be evil with me. And she's like, ha, wrong, and knocks his ass out. Then she uses... The dream catcher to suck away Hook's memory... Of having been the Dark One. Let's talk about that for just a quick sec. Okay, so all of this season, Hook has basically just been acting like himself. He's been a little bit of an asshole, but not really... No more than no more than everyone else on this show. Yeah, no more than we've seen from him in the past. The way he treated Emma was not great, but it wasn't great in the same way the way Emma... But it wasn't great the same way Mary Margaret and David weren't treating her great. Like, it's not, it wasn't of a different kind. And yet, he still apparently had the darkness in him. Yeah, I, she just makes him forget that he's the Dark One, and suddenly all of the evil influence being the Dark One has doesn't affect him anymore? Oh, no, no, see, to me, what this means is that, to me, what this means is that all of the shit that Hook's been doing this episode had nothing to do with the darkness inside of him. The darkness inside of him was just an excuse for him to act the way he wanted to act. Like that episode of Freaks and Geeks where everyone drinks what they think is beer, but it's actually non-alcoholic beer, and they all act like drunk assholes anyway. They were just had an excuse to act how they wanted to act. Uh, there was an episode of Clone High that did that. Also, you know what else this is like? What? It's like the episode where Rumple put Hook's other hand back on. Holy shit, it's exactly that! As soon as Hook thinks he has an excuse to be evil, he'll be evil. Okay, I'm sorry, I apologize. I guess you did set this up once upon a time. Wow. God, you know what? Once upon a time? This is once upon a time telling us we should have always hated Hook, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, she takes away his knowledge that he was the Dark One, and then she teleports everyone else into the diner, and erases their memories of everything that's gone down, and puts the memory forgettingness into the curse. Okay. Isn't, I, isn't that a part of the dark curse already? I thought it was too, but Zelina also threw some amnesia, amnesia juice into the curse when Mary Margaret cast it that one time, so maybe it's a separate thing. She also puts the power stripping thing back on Zelina's wrist, so, you know. Yes, also, this season we've been talking about how Emma named everything, like, drugstore, bank. But actually, that was Hook. Yeah. yeah. So That makes sense. Hook is uncreative. There we go. 
Anyway, Rumple, evil dark one Rumple in Emma's head, tells her that she has to fix this herself because she cannot rely on her family or friends. So the darkness's influence on Emma is to pull away from everyone and try to fix everything herself, which makes sense because that is, in fact, what Emma's inclination is. Yeah, she's a guarded, solitary person. A lot of her character development has come from trying to get past that. Dark, the darkness is affecting her by making her retreat back into herself. Yes. So we go around Camelot and see all of the people who are going to get sucked up in the curse. We see Merida on her horse. We see Arthur and Guinevere in his in his round table room. And previously, Hook has sent Excalibur back from whence it came. So, so Arthur is staring at the sword that has reappeared in the stone like, wait, what the fuck is happening? And Guinevere is like, there is crazier shit happening out the window. And Arthur's like, God damn it. This was actually, for me, the only enjoyable part of the episode because it was so funny to me to see Guinevere and Arthur, who have been out of the loop for the last three episodes, be like, wait, what did we miss? In the present, Mary Margaret's all, you're just going to give us back our memories? And Henry's like, yeah, you can trust her. In fact, if we had trusted her more, this whole fucking season wouldn't have happened. I mean, Zelina would be dead, which I guess they think is bad. But yeah, if you had just trusted her more, everything would be happy. Except possibly a couple people who would be upset about Zelina being dead. Oh my god, this is Mary Margaret with Cora. (laughs) Anyway, they... They all get their memories back and Emma's like, shit, I know what uh, the Dark One's plan is. Yeah, she remembers the thing that she learned right before the Dark Curse happened. And then we cut to the lake, the only lake in the world. So it makes sense that the, uh, apparently this lake, this random ass lake in Storybrooke, is secretly the portal to hell. Because remember, earlier in this season, when we saw that Ring Wraith try to, I'm sorry, when we saw that Fury try to drag Robin to hell via a portal over this lake, so this was established... Right. And I mean, it makes sense because if there's only one lake, then of course it would lead to hell. Yeah, it's it, it's the same lake scene. It's the same lake set they use for literally every body of water, so. Yeah, it's not it's not as bizarre as, say, the Hellmouth being in a small town in California. No, there's also one in Cleveland. Okay, see? That's... No, okay? It's the Hellmouth. Not a Hellmouth. It's the Hellmouth. I'm pretty I don't sure care they... how many throwaway random jokes you say, Giles. I, I'm pretty sure they refer to it as a Hellmouth. Mm. Alright. I don't have issues with there being multiple Hellmouths. Okay. I'm just saying, they, they should theoretically have some people stationed out at the other one. Although in the Wishverse universe, that's the one Buffy went to. That's true. And that's why the Master was able to take over in... Sunnydale. Yep. Which theoretically prevented a bunch of the other apocalypse scenarios from going on. Which I do kind of like the idea that if good is not out there stopping evil, different evil will be stopping evil. I like the idea that... Yes. You can't end the world if someone else gets to it first. Well, I mean, we've seen that. We saw that... And we've seen that. We saw the way Spike stopped Apocalypses because he does, because he likes living on Earth. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Hook got... 
when during his duel with Rumple, Hook got a little bit of his blood, and as they established earlier in this episode, Rumple has been to hell and back because he died and came back from the dead. So it wasn't necessary for Hook to kill Rumple, although I'm sure he wanted to. All he really needed was to get a bit of Rumple's blood. Then he could open up the portal to hell. Uh, Chiron can come over with his boat full of dead people and let some dead people back uh, to Earth. And so he brings all of the Dark Ones back to Storybrooke. Okay. Fewer Dark Ones than we saw before. Couple things. Mm-hmm. All of the Dark Ones were mortal at one point and then died. But apparently when we bring their bodies back, their bodies retain Dark One powers, even though that power should have passed from them to the next Dark One when they died. Hmm. I think it should be split between all of the Dark Ones, so now all of them are very... So now all of them have, like, very limited power. It should be like the movie The One, where every time a Dark One dies, all of the other Dark Ones become just a little bit stronger. Or how or uh, how the Shazam powers worked in the 80s, where Captain Marvel could make other people into Marvels, but it, you know, you have to split the power. There you go! Yes, that's what it should be. That's not what it is. That's what it should be. But thing number two... Their big plan, the thing they super, super wanted, was to come to the world without magic? I'm guessing they're probably going to want to leave this town. You know what? Ruby made a bean. I'm sure that they'll find a mermaid or something and go to... No, no. They specifically wanted to be in Storybrooke. They wanted to be like the only magical creatures in a non-magical world. Ugh. But the episode does end with hook drop... But the episode does end with Hook name-dropping us. Yes, because Nimue has brought all of the Dark Ones to snuff out the light. And Hook says, hey, as long as you're here, you should listen to the best podcast about this show. Welcome to Storybrooke. And that's it for this week. So, in conclusion, boo! Boo! In conclusion, Hook can go fuck himself. Yeah. Good night, sweet Merlin. Aww. You were too good for this show. We're gonna, Literally. We're going to try to watch that cancer show you're on. He was good in the first few episodes we saw. You really enjoyed the first few episodes. Let's yeah. binge that tomorrow. Yeah. As much as you can binge a show about people... Well, to be fair, it's about people not dying from cancer. Yes, it's about this girl who is living her life. It, it's, it's a pretty good show from... The, the premise is this girl spent a lot of her life thinking she was going to die from cancer. Because she had cancer, not, like, because yeah. she had a premonition or something. Yeah, no, she th- she had cancer, she was dying, her folks, you know, made sure, like, she was living life as though it was her last. She went off chemo, she went on a worldwide, you know, romantic tour of everything. And her then, parents mortgaged their house many times over to pay for this. Yeah, she gets back and she finds out her cancer's in remission. And now she has to deal with the fallout of living, like... There's no tomorrow. So she Including does... a hasty and not thought out marriage to the sexiest man alive. Yes. So it's it's an interesting premise because she's like, Oh, I don't have a high school education and my parents are super broke from paying for my vacation around the world. Also everybody has been sheltering her from also everyone has been sheltering her from any emotional trauma for her whole life so now she has to deal with that yeah because it turns out everyone you know 
has a bunch of really fucked up stuff going on that they were hiding from her and now she's finding out all of it. It, it, it's actually, a, I, I really enjoy it. it. It was a good show. I mean, we watched the first episode and a half. We, we should watch the rest and then report back. Yes. It's on Netflix. It's called Life Sentences. It's a CW show, so. It's based on a book, I think? You know, I, it feels like it's based on a book, but I don't remember if it actually is or not. Yeah. So, we don't have any segments because no one was wearing anything interesting. Everyone was just being terrible. Yes. So that's it for this week. Next week will be the finale of book seven, Swan Song. And hang on to your butts, folks, because we're going to hell soon. Yep. The hell season is closing in and it's gonna suck. It's gonna be bad. And then it's gonna make me defend James Woods, which is gonna be even worse because he's a terrible human being. Garbage person. Well, there we are. So that's it for us for this week. Uh, our show is partially listener-supported. If you would like to become one of our patrons, you can go to our website, www.ilovetelevisionzines.com, and become a Patreon. Click on our link. There's a lot of cool stuff up there that I... We're putting a lot of cool stuff up there. You can listen to deleted tangents from our episodes, and also, I will occasionally read you fairy tales. Lots of fun bonus content. We would like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, and Ryan. If you'd like to help, if you'd like to help out the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash I love television zines. Uh, we can also be contacted at I love TV zines on Twitter or at I love television zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Storybrook. I got a fever, come check it and see. There's something burning and rolling me. 